Well, hello, God bless. Welcome back again to the Bible teaching channel of A Lot Reach. We are live tonight, but uh, I have decided that I'm going to go ahead and um, open up the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and kind of just kind of build some discussion around that. Um, if you are watching us live or if you happen to be watching the recording of this or listening to the audio recording of this, um, you can email questions or you can reach me at dave at aloveoutreach.com or you can go to our website, which is aloveoutreach.com and you can fill out our contact form there and we will reply to any questions or any way that we pray for you or help you to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you are watching out there live and you feel so inclined to do so, go ahead and let me know where you are watching from. And uh, like I said, if you have any prayer requests, would love to pray for you or answer any questions in regards to a walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I see we have Becky watching us from Gettysburg. Hello, Becky. Thank you for being here. Good to have you here again tonight. Um, if you missed it, if some of you that have just joined, uh, I will be reading tonight from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hello, Gwen, who I believe is also watching from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It's good to have you here, Gwen. I want to say good to see you guys, but I really can't see you guys, but it's good to know you're out there and listening. But if you are in a position where you can do so, go ahead and open up your Bibles to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Once again, that's where I will be reading from. Got my iced tea. Michael, Rachel are in the car again on their way home from church. Calvary Chapel, Vineland, New Jersey. Good to have you guys here with us as well. It's been a busy season for me here. Um, have family in town visiting, which is wonderful. Getting to see three of my grandchildren that I don't get to see too often visiting from West Virginia. They're out and about doing some things tonight. Um, my mom took them, took the kids to go to a place called Build-A-Bear, which I don't think I've ever been inside Build-A-Bear, though I know it's been around forever and my grandkids and I, I even my kids were once at Build-A-Bear, once or twice or more at Build-A-Bear when their mom took them. But I may have popped in, so I, I don't know much about it, except that you build a bear, right? But, um, but yeah, it's been busy here. Um, this scene that you see on the screen here is uh, my backyard. <laughs> Not really. I don't own the land, but uh, it is my backyard. It's about 10 feet, gosh, more than 10 feet, maybe about 20 feet across the street or whatever. Uh, it's a 159-acre farm field out there. And I did a little time-lapse video on my camera out there. I set my camera out there one night and did a little time-lapse video of the sunset. So, you know, you, you kind of let it sit out there for like 20 minutes, and then it gives you about 20 seconds worth of footage here. And you just kind of, I just have it on a loop where it keeps 
repeating, but anyway, it's busy around here in Arizona too. We've got a lot going on with the Phoenix Open golf event and of course the Super Bowl is here. So all of those festivities going on. Lots of big crowds around here. Lots, lots more cars on the street. Anyway, but yeah, please do um, let me let me know if you have any prayer requests or anything you'd like to talk about tonight. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read some scriptures, um, just because uh, it's the word of God and it's good to read. So in Second Corinthians um, chapter five, it says in verse one, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So here, the apostle Paul in writing to the believers in the city of Corinth, he's talking to them about this body that we now dwell in that he calls a tent, right? It's just a temporary place where we now dwell. And we know that um, this body is declining. It is aging. Um, if you're young and you haven't got to that point yet where you're feeling that, Lord willing, you will get there. You'll get to the point where, um, you know, the body can't do what it once used to do. You know, there used to be a, a time where my feet ran and my nose smelled. Now my feet smell and my nose runs, you know. So uh, anyway, it's that's just a joke I heard. But um, it's it stinks sometimes getting old, right, as the body begins to decline and to fail and things go wrong and all that. But what the scriptures do and what, Paul here is doing is pointing us and directing believers to the fact that this body may be destroyed. It will be destroyed one way, shape or form. Right. And, but there's another dwelling place for us that God is making for us eternal in the heavens. He says, for in this, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. In other words, found wanting, right? In other words, lacking. Uh, it's, that's not going to be the case for those that are believers in Jesus Christ. Those that have been born again of the spirit or following Jesus. The time is going to come when we are going to be absent from this body and present with the Lord. And we're going to be in new bodies, different bodies than we now are heavenly bodies, right? For he says, for we, uh, for we who are in this tent grown being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. So he's talking about here, yeah, it's not that, you know, any of us really want to say, well, I want to die today, though I seriously look forward to being with the Lord. But for now, the Lord has me here. He has you here. He has us here for a purpose, for a reason. There's people around us that we can love and, you know, have great relationships with and all that. So it's not really a matter of, well, we really want to die, but we really want what's better. We really want the, the, the mortality, the, the, this body that it declines. We want to put on that heavenly body. We want to, to be in that place where, we no longer have to deal with the things that we have to deal with here in this life. Uh, Jay Halstead, hey, how you doing? Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining us. 
Uh, Michael Rachel says amen. Nice background, by the way. Isaac Chapel joining us from Oregon once again. Thank you. Um, but yeah, now he goes on in verse five, the apostle Paul goes on to say, now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So right now, when you come to faith in Jesus Christ and you fix your eyes on Jesus and you seek him with your whole heart in this life, you dedicate, you devote your life to him, you receive the spirit of the Lord within you. And then you have what I've talked about in several times in the past on Wednesday Night Live here, the fruit of the Spirit within you. You now begin to walk a different way. You see things differently. Your eyes are open. You become spiritually minded rather than carnally minded, rather than just always focused on all the things that are in this world. And look, there's good things that we go through. There's good times in this life. But there's also, again, a lot of bad things, a lot of bad times that we experience in this life. But when we have the spirit of the Lord within us and we're focused on the things of God, we know that, hey, this life is just temporary. We're just passing through. It's just a vapor, appears for a period of time and is gone. So it says in verse six here, and, and for those of you that just joined us, if you don't know, I am in Second um, Corinthians chapter five, verse six here. It says, so we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body. So here again, he's referred to this body as a tent, you know, just a temporary place. But now he's pointing out the fact that he's talking about the body. So while we're at home here in the body, right, we are absent from the Lord. We have the spirit of the Lord indwelling us, but we're not in his presence yet. We're not yet there. We have not yet arrived, okay? We've not got to the other side, as they say. And that's why in verse seven, he says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. That's how we have to walk through this life, by faith. The Bible makes no bones about that. You know, that it's not about seeing Jesus. It's not about really even seeing miracles and signs and wonders. Though I believe the Lord can do those things if he wants to. He can show himself in a certain way in people's lives if he wants to. But in my life, I've had to continue on by faith in the Lord. I've seen the Lord do some works in my life. I've seen the Lord do things as it relates to helping others and, you know, causing things to happen and take place and all that kind of stuff. But that's not what I walk by. We walk by faith. Most of my life, I've just had to press on in the faith, you know, for the past 37 years of walking with the Lord. Um, you've heard me talk about the fact that it's not always easy. Um, you know, if anyone tells you that, that coming to the Lord is, you know, like a piece of cake and, you know, you're going to be, everything's going to be good and all of that kind of stuff. And you're always going to be healthy and you're always going to be wealthy. You know, th that's not the truth. You don't find that in the scriptures. You find people teaching that from behind the pulpits, but you don't find that in the scriptures. Okay. But we can always be confident in verse six, as Paul says here in verse six, knowing that while we're at home in a body, we're absent from the Lord for we walk by faith, not by sight. That's what gives us our confidence, faith, right? Trusting in, trusting in the Lord, placing our hope in him. 
seeking him, placing him as the priority in our lives, as Jesus told us to do, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then God provides for us and he adds to us the things in life that we need. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for joining us as well, watching from Gettysburg. And then Gary, watching from New Jersey. It's good to have you here, brother. Verse 8, the Apostle Paul goes on. Again, I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 of the New Testament. In verse 8, Paul goes on and says, We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So Paul's saying, yeah, that's going to be wonderful. Same thing I said earlier. That's going to be wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be, I mean, I as, the scripture says that I has not seen and ear has not heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. So what's going to be there and what God has for us there, we have no full comprehension of yet, but we know is far better than this. We do know that from the scriptures. And Paul's saying, yep, we'd be well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And he says in verse nine, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, absent to be well pleasing to him. So there's a key right there. Um, you know, it's coming to my mind right now how Solomon um, wrote in Ecclesiastes, right, about how the whole duty of man was to honor the Lord. That's the whole duty of man. Solomon talked about, if you haven't read that book in the Old Testament, take some time to read it because he talks about everything that he experienced in life and everything that he did and how it all was vanity. It all meant nothing. And he said the whole duty of man was just to honor. That's the whole duty of man. And he says here, like the Apostle Paul, I mean, is saying here, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent. Absent, In other words, whether we're here in the body or whether we pass on and we go to be in the presence of the Lord. Right now we're absent from the presence of the Lord. We're absent from the presence of the Lord. So we're walking by faith and not by sight, right? But we should still be living lives that are well-pleasing to him that is well-pleasing to the Lord. And we will do that if we're yielding to the leading of the Spirit. Again, the fruit of the Spirit at work in our lives, like love, I mean, that would be pleasing to God if we're people of love. Joy, peace, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, self-control, if we're operating in all these things, then we're gonna be led by the Spirit of the Lord, and therefore our lives would be pleasing to God, right? So, but look what verse 10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So there is that day of reckoning. There is that day when we're going to be standing before the Lord and we're going to hear, well done, thou, thy good and faithful servant. Or we're going to hear the Lord say, as, and I'm just quoting the Lord himself here in these things that I'm saying, depart from me, you who worked iniquity. I never knew you, he said. Depart from me, I never knew you. In other words, you didn't have that relationship with the Lord. You didn't have the spirit of the Lord within you. You didn't walk in such a manner. You didn't walk in such a way. 
Okay, so these are the things that the scriptures teach us. That's why I'm pointing you to it, to, to read it here. As I'm scrolling up on my comments here, I see that Pam is watching us from Williamsburg, Virginia. Good to have you here, Pam. So, um, verse 10, I read that. Then, well, let me read verse 10 again. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So, Paul's saying, as an apostle, he is going out in a very persuasive way to tell people, that you need to get right with the Lord. There is that day coming when what you've done here in this body will be judged, whether good or bad. And Paul's persuading mankind, and this Paul did by the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know the life of the Apostle Paul, go read the book of Acts, and you can find out about him, who he was. First, his name was Saul, then he, he became Paul, right? But he says he's persuading people and that's why I take the time to do what I do here with something like this is to say, hey, you need to consider where you are as a spiritual being, where you are in Christ, who you are internally. Is your life well-pleasing like we see in verse 9? Is it well-pleasing to the Lord? Is the decisions that you've made in life, the direction that you've been going, the choices that you make, is it well-pleasing to God? Now, it's easy to have an attitude like, I don't really care what the Lord thinks, and many people have that kind of attitude. I once had that kind of attitude, you know, before coming to Christ myself. But it doesn't change the facts. It doesn't change the facts of the matter that someday we will all stand before the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, knowing therefore the terror, verse 11 of the Lord, Paul says, we persuade men, like I read, but he says, but we are well known to God and I trust are well known in your consciences. So Paul is talking about himself here and the other apostles and those that traveled along with him as he's speaking directly to the Corinthians here. He knows where he is in God. He knows that he's well known to God. He had an encounter with the Lord himself. He walks with the Lord. He, he's led by the Spirit of God, and he's hoping that, you know, that the Corinthian people are receiving the words that he's telling them. Um, then verse um, 12, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. So he's saying that there are some out there, and these people were appearing before the Corinthians, other people that were saying they were apostles and saying they were followers of the Lord and all that, and they were boasting based on their outward appearance. Today you see that in many pulpits as well, right? People boasting of what they have and boasting of who they are and proclaiming themselves and showing no humility and all of that kind of stuff. But he's saying, we do, Paul's saying, we don't do that. So a true apostle of the Lord, someone that's truly serving the Lord, isn't going to do that. They're not going to commend themselves. They're just going to keep serving the Lord. And like he said, he's well known to God and that's all he cares about. 
And that, you know, really when you apply something like that to your life today, that's really what I'm pointing you to is to think about how are you known to God? How does God, like, how does God see you? The all seeing God, the all knowing God, the one that can see your heart, the one that formed you, how do you appear to him? Because it really doesn't matter what I think of you or what the next person thinks of you. I saw a funny sign um, this week as I was driving in my business. Um, it said, I was trying to, trying to remember here now exactly what it said. It says, oh, it says some people are so judgmental. You can tell just by looking at them. Now, it's a funny sign because if you think about it, then it's just saying you're judgmental, right? You can tell just by looking at them. So it really doesn't matter though how others see you, though if you have Christ in you, they are going to see Christ in you, right? But what matters is how are you known to God? How are you known to God today? That person you are internally, that person that you are within your own spirit, your own thought, your own mind. Now, we also know that Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit, right? And Jesus said from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we see, you know, see people, you know, talking in filthy ways or in anger or bickering or starting trouble with people, we know, well, that's who they are in their heart. You can easily see that from what they speak, right? But again, it's not about what you appear to be. Some people can can come on and, and try to appear a certain way, but they're filthy. Like Jesus talked about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? They, they seemed all clean on the outside, he said, but they were filthy on the inside. And that's what God's looking at. So again, how are you known to God today. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. So Paul's saying here, you know, if we are beside ourselves, in other words, you know, sometimes you kind of got to make remember that when you're reading a letter like this, it was an actual letter that the Apostle Paul, it's called an epistle, but this was an actual letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And we're kind of like reading someone else's mail, as you may have heard me mention before, right? So you kind of got to maybe look at it and just kind of fill in the blanks here and says, if you know, you, you can see that in a lot of the writing in Corinthians that Paul's addressing something that he heard or something that was said to him, right? And when he says beside ourselves here, for if we are beside ourselves in verse 13, it's talking about being crazy, right? Out of our minds, you know? And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can be accused of that if you're a person of faith. If you're a person that's trusting in the Lord, some people that are, from the show me state, right? Or some people that say, you know, hey, if I don't see it, I don't believe it, right? If it's in my hand, then I'll believe it. If they're of that attitude, they may think you're a bit weird, you're a bit strange, you're a bit crazy. If you're a person who, like Paul says, we walk by faith and not by sight. But he says, if we're of sound mind, if you see us in that way, well, just know this, we're doing this for you. We're doing this for you. And that's why we have the word of God today so that we can know, so that we can grow 
in the Lord, right? And he says here, what, what is compelling? What was compelling the Apostle Paul? Verse 14, he says, it's the love of Christ that compels us. In other words, his love for Christ, his walk with the Lord, which quite frankly is why I do what I do today. You know, when I, when, what I'm doing today, right now on here, is because of the love that I have for Christ, because of the love that he has shown me. You know, the scripture says we love him because he first loved us. I'm not righteous enough. I'm not holy enough. I'm not good enough to say, hey, I love God. I'm a lover of God. Look at me. No, I love him because of what he's done for me and because of who he is in me. And that's what compels me to come online and do something like this, right? And again, there are people, there are those that could come upon this audio or come upon this video and just say, you're a nut, whatever. You're a Bible thumper, you're a freak, Jesus freak, whatever. Well, I'm willing to be called all that because of the love of Christ and because of what he's done in my life. So he says, but he says, we judge thus. He says that if one died, now that word one, as I'm reading from the New King James Version here is capitalized, speaking of Jesus, right? If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, right? Now this reminds me of Galatians 2.20, right? Where Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. He said, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And he goes on in that verse as well to say that the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in him who loved me and gave himself for me. So in other words, he's saying we're dead to ourselves. And this is the person that is truly in Christ. They're not, they're not all about their own opinions anymore. They're not all about themselves anymore or what they can get or what they can gain from something. No, it's all about Jesus and it's all about the love of Christ that compels them to do whatever it is that they do in life, right? He says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. That's what the Christian life is all about. No longer living for yourself, but for him, that is for Jesus, who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. In other words, we're not seeing Jesus anymore, are we? None of us are. I've, I've said this before, right? 37 years of walking by faith, you know, in the Lord. I don't see him. I don't need to see him because I know his spirit within me. I know his love within me. I know the joy that he's given within me, even though on the outward, the outward man, as we talked about earlier about the body, right? The outward man is perishing, but the inward man can, renewed, can be renewed day by day when you are a person of faith and when you're walking by faith and not by sight. So he says, so, so what's the conclusion here? And let me read verse 15 again. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, he says, we regard no one according to the flesh. Okay, I know I'm repeating this verse, but, but th that's such a key thing right there, right? Regarding no one according to the flesh. You know, we live in such a time 
And it's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, right? But everything's all about race and all about the color of your skin and your culture and all of that kind of stuff. But none of that exists in Christ. None of that exists. In Christ, there's neither male nor female, slave nor free, right? Nothing. None of that matters. It's just a matter of being in Christ and being the kind of person that God wants you to be, that his spirit will lead you to be, right? And Paul says, we regard no one according to the flesh. So we don't care about the outward. We don't care about the color of skin. We don't care whether you're missing a body part. We don't care what you look like. God doesn't care because it's not what it's about. He's looking at who we are inwardly. Okay, and it's unfortunate, but in the world today, we have churches that segregate themselves based on their ethnicity and all that. You know, look, I'm sure there can be good. People just want to gather with people, gather with their friends, gather with their loved ones and all of that kind of stuff. All that kind of stuff is good, but it shouldn't be in our heart that we are judging people by their outward appearance. Okay? So he goes on there to say, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, verse 17... He is a new creation, a new creation. Old things have passed away, he says. Behold, all things become new. That's the person that's in Christ. That one person that you once were before Christ, it all changes when you come to faith. It all changes when your eyes are open to the truth. When your eyes are open to the word of God and you become spiritually minded because the spirit of the Lord indwells you and you no longer think the way you used to think. You now have the mind of Christ. So you're not that person that's going to look upon the outward appearance of others and judge them and hate them and despise others and all of that kind of stuff. Right now, he says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So the Apostle Paul is saying, look, this is what God has done. He has reconciled the world. He has reconciled all of us to himself. How? Through Jesus Christ. Acts 4, I believe, verse 12 says that there's no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved. That's it. It's Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's, that was God's way of reconciling us to him. Our sin separates us from God. Jesus died for us, took the price of our sin, paid, paid the price, right? So now through Jesus, we can be reconciled to God. And then Paul says he's given, and now he's given him and the other apostles that, that same ministry to go out and reconcile others to God. And somebody like me who gets on and does something like this, that's what I'm hoping to do, is to point you to God and to tell you that you can be reconciled. You can know your creator. All things can be good. Like we read earlier, you can be known by God. You can have a relationship with him if you're willing, if you're willing to turn, if you're willing to repent, if you're willing to come to him, you can have it, right? 
So let me back up again. Verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world, as I've already quoted, to himself. Listen to this. Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as, God, as though God were pleading through us. We employ you on, implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Right? Be reconciled to God. But you see that there in verse 19? That in Christ... God is not counting your trespasses against you. He's not holding it against you because of Jesus. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God at work saying, here you go. It's a free gift. Now, will you come to the Lord by faith? Will you repent? Will you give your life to him? Will you begin to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh? anymore, your carnal mind, living your own way. And Paul's saying that was his job, right? He was an ambassador for Christ, pleading, reaching out. And that's what the word of God is still doing today, pleading and reaching out. Verse 21, for he made him, speaking of Jesus, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That is, in Jesus, we can become righteous. We can become known to God. We can be in good standing. We can be that new creation where old things pass away and all things become new. So that's the whole chapter. I'll go ahead and stop there for tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, whichever the case may be. Again, if you have any prayer requests, I do get questions. I did get a question tonight via email that I, right before we came on here, that I responded to um, as well. But God bless you. Um, like I said, I know I'm 30 seconds behind, so I always kind of go through a little delay here. In reference to verse 17, how do we make sure that old things don't come back to life in our new creation? So I got a question here. Um, in reference to verse 17, how do we make sure that old things don't come back to life in our new creation? Well, the scripture says, if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So that's the key, is to walk in the spirit. How do we walk in the spirit? We do that by faith, right? Now, look, we're, we all stumble. In many ways, we all stumble. We trip up, we make mistakes. God knows our frame. He knows that we are dust, right? He knows who we are, right? But. He wants us to be focused on him. And when again, when we walk in the spirit, scripture says we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I highly would, the way I would answer that question 
is, you know, how do we keep the old things from coming back once we're a new creation in Christ is we practice righteousness, right? And that, in other words, we make that a practice in our lives, make it something that we do, you know, have a time of prayer, in the morning, have a time of prayer when you're working throughout the day, whatever. And look, the Bible says pray without ceasing. I, I drive in my work. I drive a lot of the day, 150, 200 miles a day, depending on how busy the day is for me. But I use that time for prayer. I use that time to talk with God. I use that time to just open up my heart before God you know, and talk to God about things that I'm thinking of that may be wrong or things that I said or did that might be wrong, you know, or whatever the case may be, I'm constantly wanting to walk in the spirit so that I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And another way we do that is by fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we take up the cross and we die to ourselves on a daily basis. You've heard me talk about that before, right? We have to die to ourselves on a daily basis. You know, we might be, you might be confronted with something and, there, you know, I could tell you stories of things that just happened to me recently, you know. Um, you get accused of something or, yeah, here, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll tell you the story rather than beating around the bush, right? Coaching third base in a softball game. Ball gets hit down the line. The ball hits right. Appears to me to hit right on the foul line. Could have been off the foul line. I don't know. What do I do? I look back at the umpire to see if he's calling it fair or foul. He's not calling it anything. So I'm telling my runner who hit the ball to keep going, who turns it into an inside the park home run, okay? So the third baseman on that team looks at me and says, you know that was foul. Why'd you tell him to keep running? You're a stinking liar. <laughs> and he starts calling me a liar and calling me all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm not the judge. I looked to him to see if he was going to call fair or foul. Look one way, it could have went either way to me. So I told the guy to keep running right? So here, here, here you are in a situation where you're being accused, you're being called a liar, you're being called this, right? What could, I, what could I have done? I could have tried to defend myself, say, who are you calling a liar and gone after him or whatever? But thankfully, I showed self-control, Right? And that would be a fruit of the spirit. Now, the fruit of the flesh, on the other hand, would be what? You know, well, say something back to him, right? Who are you talking to? Who are you calling that? Stick my chest out and go after him, right? So what what is it that made me do that? Well, I have to give glory to God and say, well, that's the fruit of the spirit that kept me under control you know, in that situation. And sometimes we go through circumstances like you're talking about here, Payday, with your question about how do we keep the old things from popping back up again? There's going to be plenty of opportunity for that. There's going to be plenty of opportunity to for the old nature to um, pop up, you know, for the old nature to come back and to be there. And look, we all blow it, Right. You know, Jesus said, be angry, but sin not. Okay. We do get angry, don't we? Things can make us upset. You know, things can, can set us off, right? But when we begin to 
make a practice of it, just like in that situation. What was the result? Why, why was I able to do that? Probably because I've faced situations like that before and just have to press on and say, well, I don't really care that the guy thinks I was lying. I'm not the judge. I'm not the judge of that. I, it looked like it could have been fair. It looked like it could have been foul. It wasn't even a foul line there. It was the grass. The grass was fair or foul. It looked like it hit grass. I don't know. I just tell them keep running, look at the umpire, whatever, right? So anyway, that's that story. But to get kind of get on a rabbit trail there, sorry, Payday. But yeah, I think that that's the thing is we just need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And we need to, to know that the God of grace is gracious toward us. And that his mercy is new every morning. His mercy is new every morning. And he cares for us. And we can cast all of our cares upon him. You know, if you have it in your heart where you don't want to do the things, you know, the Apostle Paul made the same kind of claim, didn't he? Right? So, you know, he made that same kind of claim. You know, the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. The things I want to do, I find myself not doing. Even the Apostle Paul said that. And at the end of his life, he said, I've not arrived. But he said, this one thing that I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press on. And that's what we need to do. We need to press on. Payday says, so putting my old man to death may sometimes be hard, question mark. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I said, if anyone told you coming Christ is easy, it's not. It's a fight. And that's what the Apostle Paul refers to it as, doesn't he? He says, I fight the fight. I press on. I just quoted that scripture, right? I press on toward the mark of my high calling in Christ. I can't help but think of like a you know, a heavy barbell on a bench press coming down on me and I'm trying to press that off. That's what it's like walking by faith, right? I'm just trying to press against this temporary world and, and in this temporary body that I'm living in and I'm trying to strengthen my faith and I'm trying to grow in the grace and the knowledge of, Lord, of the Lord. That's my focus. That's my aim. Will we blow it sometimes? Yes. Yes, we will. Will we make mistakes? Yes, we will. But again, his mercy is new every morning. So we just need to keep pressing on, fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? And, and making it the love of God that compels us to do that like we read earlier, like the Apostle Paul kept preaching what he was preaching in verse 14. He says, the love of Christ compels us. Why do we do what we do? I mean, it, it's so much easier to go with the flow, you know, to, to ride that stream that everyone else is riding because Jesus said broad is the way that leads to destruction, right? But the path is narrow. The way is narrow that leads to everlasting life, eternal life. He, Jesus said few find it because people don't want to take that hard road where they got to walk by faith and not by sight. It would be so much easier if we could walk by sight. But that's not what God has given us. God has made it that it is faith that pleases him. So thank you for those comments there. And uh, looking back, um, I see that Isaac said in verse 10 
alluding, is verse 10 alluding to um, the crowns and rewards that we will receive? And going back and reading verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Yes, that is the time. That is the time when we will be eternally rewarded um, or will be separated from God. Okay, now look, you know, that, that's a whole, as I say that, you know, we can do a whole another couple hours on that topic, right? There's, there's going to be stuff when I stand before the Lord that is good and that is going to be, that is going to be bad as well, but the Lord will judge that and I'll be at his mercy. And I will, you know, just like Paul said, he's confident. We can be confident, right? Well, he says, yep, we're confident, well-pleased, right? We're confident. What, what makes us confident to stand before the Lord someday? Our faith in him because of what he has done. But look, he also goes on to talk about the terror of the Lord. That's why he's persuading people, hey, get right. You know, come into a relationship with the Lord. Come into a relationship with him where you're focused on him and you're fixing your eyes on him and you're trusting in him and you're walking in him. Oh, baseball, the game of liars, <laughs> Isaac says. So God bless, guys. I'll go ahead and wrap it up here. But once again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. It's good to see that it doesn't look like I froze up. I think that problem might be solved and taken care of. But um, do reach out to me. Um, Dave at aloveoutreach.com is my email address. Good night, Becky. Good night, Kevin, everyone. Thank you for watching, like I said. Thank you for listening. Um, do visit our website. Fill out the contact form there if there's anything we can help you with. And um, we'll call it a night. God bless. We'll see you next time. Good night, Gwen. Love you guys. Bye-bye.